Hi everyone, welcome to Murders in Paradise. I am Jen, joined as always by GR Dad. Good evening. You guys don't know it, but GR Dad always looks left and then right and then left again before he says good evening when we do this podcast. It's more mysterious. Yeah, yeah, they just can't see that, so I'm, I'm painting the picture with words. Dude, I got a face for radio and I got <laughs> facial expressions also for radio. I like your face a lot. Uh, thanks. So uh, we're going to do some more ghosts this week, though there was a murder... In the Keys this week. For real. For real. We're not going to say anything about it now because it's like very actively developing. Like the guy just got, he had fled and is just in custody today. And so we're going to wait for a bunch of details to emerge. So for our next episode, we should be able to fill you in on the most recent murder in paradise. It's, yeah, been, yeah. A, it's been a long time since there's been a murder down here. As far as we know, people have been whacking each other with hammers and stuff, but not uh, not murdering each other. Tons of assaults, not yep. many murders. As, yep, yep. So, ghosts this week. Got a couple. This is from the highly unreliable Haunted Key West by David L. Sloan, who I'm sure gives great ghost tours, but he's the one who told us last time that the guy jumped off that building where he actually jumped off a different building. <laughs> actually, I think he shot himself on top of a different building, which I just looked up on the internet. But he tells good stories. There you go. These stories, I'm always telling Jer Dad when we report when we record podcasts. <laughs> Sometimes he'll chime in and he'll be like, "Swizzle did this thing," and I'm like, "Dear Dad, you got to have a story. You've got to need a beginning, a middle, and an end. You can't just assert a thing and then be like, "That's it. That's interesting." That's what I do. I blurt stuff out and then I walk away. And and then I edit those out of the podcast. <laughs> But some of these stories in here are like, this guy saw a ghost. The end. This is what I like. <laughs> You're like, this is stupid. <laughs> I, you know, I think he tells them, you can tell that like this is material developed from him giving ghost tours. And I'm sure like when you're at the place and it's like, and this guy came to the place and saw a ghost and was very spooked. That's it. That yeah. is probably spookier. There's some guy who lurks in this alley. That's yeah. it. Thank the, you. Moving on to the next the place. End. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we've got a, a couple from here that we're going to do this week. Uh, both bars. Did you just give a disclaimer? It's like not your fault if it's unsatisfying. Uh, I mean, I didn't, but let's give that. That's it's what not that my was. fault if it's unsatisfying. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that like there's there's some ghost stories that really have a narrative arc. You know what the problem is? This is all the truth. And it doesn't conform to your storytelling desires. Oh, whatever. The truth. That guy is, shot himself. He is, did not jump. The truth is messy. Different building. Okay. We're starting with the Water Witch of Apple Ruth Lane. But Good title. A-P-P-E-L-R-O-U-T-H. Apple Ruth Lane. Roth. Like rodents of unusual size, T-H? Rodents of unusual... Th. Th. Rodents of unusual thighs. thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the thighs on that rat, man. I don't think it exists. <laughs> All right, the water witch of Apple Ruth Lane. Cool. The presence of freshwater wells made Key West a strategic location, but some residents are still searching for their old locations, says the beginning of this, which I actually don't think has anything to do with this story, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Apple Ruth Lane is a, a little tiny road. It has some, a little tiny street. It has some bars on it. And uh, so 
This is about a mysterious lady, and she's most often seen around 416 Appleruth Lane. Uh, in the 1900s, this was a sort of wood shacky kind of two-story house. Yeah. I think pretty typical of Key West at the time. Uh, but she kind of moves around. She's not just at that house. Like, she's seen all over that one block street for some reason. So one story of this guy, Joe McGuire, he comes out of a nightclub called Wax. Wax. Like wax figure? Wax? Yep. Not W-A-C-K-S. Like oh. It's wax. <laughs> Whacked in the head? <laughs> no, with an X, wax. All right, all right. Uh, it says... The mostly vacant lane provided a sharp contrast to the thumping beats of DJ Peter Worth. Jeez. <laughs> thumping beats. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so anyway, this guy, Joe, has a scooter, like I think like a Vespa scooter, uh, starts driving it down the street, and he's the book says that he hoped he'd meet some more ladies at the Green <laughs> Parrot than he was able to meet at Wax. Uh, but little did he know that the next lady he would encounter was a bit of a legend. So he's driving down the little street and this, quote, plainly dressed woman flags him down and she's crying. And so he slows down to ask if she wants a ride and then poof, she disappears. Whoa. That's part of that story. So he got out of the club, he got on his bike, he saw a ghost, she disappeared at the end. Wait, that's it? That's the story? Yeah, there's just a couple more of them. But they're all like that. <laughs> okay. She just disappeared? That's it. Poof, she disappeared. Uh, get ready. There's a bunch of those tonight. He so saw a ghost, it disappeared. So they're... Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to fan the flames here. This is just going to get worse if I if I egg you on. David Sloan probably lives in Key West yeah. and is going to hear me talking about his book, and then he's not going to be nice to me if I meet him. Because it's if, truth, though. It's truth. He can't, he's bound by the truth. He's not going to make shit up. I, just, I respect him. He's just telling it like it is, man. David, I'm, I'm sorry. I think you're great. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's another place called the Twisted Noodle, which was on this street. That was a it's bar? A good name, a restaurant and bar, the Twisted Noodle, mm. uh, where she also is said to have appeared. So Michael, who used to work at, quote, the Noodle. He, the Noodle. He also called the Green Parrot the Parrot. You know, he's dropping, well, yeah. dropping the descriptors. It's not the Twisted, it was just the Noodle. You know, the Noodle. I was stalking the coolers behind the bar when I noticed a young lady walking towards the back of the restaurant's patio. And normally I would have yelled at her, but she was kind of cute. So I told her if she wanted, she could have a drink at the bar. She didn't respond. And she had a long dress. And then she had a bucket in her. I saw she had a bucket in her hand. She headed back to the planter and acted like she was getting water out of a well. And when she passed back in my direction, I asked if I could help her with anything, but she just ignored me. And a minute later, I looked up. And she was gone, but I saw that she had exited through the front gate, except it was already locked. Dun, dun, dun. Where'd yeah. the bucket go? I don't know. She guessed I brought, she brought the bucket with her. The, you can't disapparate the bucket. Have I told you my, uh, my poem about the bucket? You, you, ha you have. This is good, though. There once was a man from Nantucket <gasps> who kept all his cash in a bucket. His daughter, named Nan, ran away with a man, and as for the bucket... Nantucket. This All is right. not the original. It's uh, hilarious. Limerick. And the best part of the story is that I told it to my niece, who was maybe four at the time. I'm like, hey, niece, 
I got a poem for you in like in front of her parents. Yeah, that's that was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> so my brother and uh, and his wife, so my sister in law, and I'm like, all right, niece, here's the poem. There once was a man from Nantucket, and my sister in law's face just like, oh, she was so mad at me. Like I can't believe you're gonna say this, and and then I you know told it just like that, and she still was mad at me. I bet she doesn't actually know the original either. She just knows it's dirty. Yeah, well, that's when I hear about buckets. I think about that poem, which I like very much. So now you all can temporarily scandalize people and then hopefully leave them charmed or irritated that they've been tricked. Tricked by themselves for jumping to conclusions. Anyway, it doesn't say anything more about the bucket, but I guess she probably carried the bucket with her. So a few people... Say they saw this pretty young woman in a long dress walking to a well that was not there, fetching water in her bucket before disappearing. And she ignored them. So they named her Noel because there's no well. That's that's why they call her that. Something. Yeah. There's no well. Oh, there's no well. There was a well, I bet. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? All these old wells have been capped, so they think probably that there had been a well there, and she was just going to draw water from the well, but there's not, so they called her Noel. And I got to say, I'm going to give them like five points for creativity on that. <laughs> I like that kind of naming. Steve Irwin had an alligator or a crocodile in his zoo called Igon because he was missing an eye. Nice. That's very Australian, uh. I think. Uh, they were remodeling at the Noodle, they took out the planters, and they found the base of a well right where she was fetching the water. So they got to rename her. That's how she became known as the Water Witch. See? Because Noel doesn't work anymore. Noel seems like a nicer name than the Water seems Witch. slanderous now. Well, the Twisted Noodle's not there anymore, uh, but Noel remains. So she has been seen at a place called Two Cents, which I don't think is still there. Virgilio's Lounge the club formerly known as Wax. And somebody who worked at the 420 bar behind Wax says that he saw her. and uh, he I'm sure he was n- capable of observing carefully and recounting well if he works at the 420 bar. <laughs> Lady in a long dress crying. I asked her if she was okay. She didn't say anything, so I invited her in even though we weren't open. But she was cute. Yeah, she was cute. I turned to get a napkin so she could dry her face off, and when I turned back, she was gone. Huh. It was a little bizarre, but I didn't think too much about it. So I went back to the bar and started wiping down the glasses. I did the first one. I set it down. I did the second one, and then when I set it down, the first one was gone, and I couldn't find it. And then 15 minutes later, Vinny K., who the hell is that? I don't know. Uh, he walks in from the patio saying, what are you doing leaving glasses out? And he found the glass I had just wiped down sitting in the center of the pool table with fresh lipstick on the rim. I've never been one to believe in ghosts, but I'm pretty sure I had a visit from the water witch of Apple Ruth Lane. Or you're smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> just saying. Possible. All right. Well, the title of this next one is A Stiff Drink on Caroline Street. The thing is, I was I mean, going. I'm th- primed, so you, here, off you go. I'm just going through this book, and everything happens in a bar, and then I'm like, "Well, Key yeah. West is kind of just full of bars. I mean, everything's sort of a bar in Key yeah. West." Yeah. All right. So this one is another. It's not just another bar story. It's another bathroom in a bar ghost story. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've done the Blue Lady. 
from Captain Tony's, yep. formerly Sloppy yep. Joe's. That's in the ladies' bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so this is the uh, sketchy men's room. Sketchy is not David L. Sloan's term. It's mine from how he describes it. There's a picture of it, and it looks slightly sketchy. Uh, sorry to Mr. <laughs> Cheapy's Liquor Store. High class right. establishment. It would, you would expect it to have a sketchy bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Cheapy. <laughs> All right. So this dude, Chris, he uh, decides to go to the bathroom in this bar. And he goes in and he sits down on the toilet. And across the, from him is a urinal. Now, I get we got to talk about men's bathrooms. All right, one, I don't understand them. Two, here in the Keys, I have noticed, for example, when we go to Blue Heaven... Uh-huh. So there, Blue Heaven is an outdoor restaurant, but there's like a, a gift shop and then there's bathrooms next to that that you can go in. And so there's, there's, a, there's two individual women's bathrooms. Like you go in, you close and lock the door, and you've got the whole bathroom to yourself. Oh, that's a nice. toilet and a sink and whatever. There's two of those. And, I, and then there's one men's room, and I thought it was... Also like that, but then I've seen two guys go in there. There's a urinal right inside that door. Like There's a urinal in the stall. That's that's a standard configuration. I know, but it's a tiny room. Like a second guy opens the door to go in, and if you were standing at the urinal, I could see you peeing. Well, yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, have it one person at a time like any civilized gender would have. Nah. And one guy can just go in there and It's close. fine. You just see a back. It's fine. The uh, urinal never points toward the door. I, I find it a little disturbing. Whatever. Uh, so anyway, this bathroom is sort of like that. So I was very confused at first reading this. Well, let me, let me give you another point of reference. Yeah. Though. At Blue Heaven, at least there's a divider between the the urinal and the bathroom. There are some toilets like Captain Tony's where it's just like there's a urinal and a bathroom. Wait, so if you're sitting on the toilet, someone else could come in and use the urinal and just see you in there? Yes, it's a little disturbing. Do people actually use the toilet in situations? Have you ever walked in and someone's like sitting on the toilet? No, and I then I, I mean, I would not be yeah. sharing under those conditions but i think it must happen or both guys are peeing i guess but it's still a little close for comfort yeah okay well i mean that is the configuration of the bathroom in the story there is a toilet and then the urinal is across from it so if you're sitting on the toilet you're looking at the urinal but there's not a stall around yeah. the toilet now that should be a individual you should be able to just lock the door yes not captain tony's it's upsetting it i it's but too much. You got to be a little drunk to go in there. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that men deal with this and put up with this as though it's acceptable is evidence that they shouldn't be in charge of anything. I, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> it's a very weird way of doing things. All right. Well, Chris is in the bathroom and he's sitting on the toilet and he's facing the urinal and he's just kind of looking around. <laughs> it says that in here. He's just kind of looking around. And Mm -hmm. suddenly he's overcome with the feeling of another presence and realize, let me just read this as it's written. He realized he wasn't alone. Okay. Problem. (laughs) A man, a man in dark shoes stood inches before him, the tips of his shoes nearly stepping on Chris's feet. I don't understand how one could be sitting on a toilet and then realize someone was standing on your feet. Unless you're checking your phone. And you look up. 
I think this book was written before it's one had a phone to check. I got. He must have been reading a book. Maybe he was reading a book. Two thousand three. Looking around does not does not explain. It's a, it. I mean, I Some think it's dude expl- is right in front of you. You freaking notice. I just like glanced over to the right, and when I looked back, there's some dude whose toes are touching my toes. Major startle. Chris yells at the guy, get the hell out of here. The guy doesn't do anything. He just stands there. (laughs) It would creep me the heck out. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine you're sitting on a toilet, and then all of a sudden you look up, and there's like some dude in a suit standing with his toes touching your toes, and then you're like, what the fuck? Get out of here. And you're kind and of then, vulnerable. And I mean, it's not, you're not in a very good defensive position. Yeah. Uh, and then you tell him to go away and he doesn't move. Yeah. So Chris shoves the guy to push him into the urinal, except he just shoves right through the That's air. That's Because awesome. the guy was not there. Awesome. So he comes out and he says, I almost fell off the, to- the toilet. The guy just turned around towards the urinal and disappeared right through it. Wow, now, that's cool. I don't think this is relevant to this part of the story, but there's quite a discussion about the urinal at this place because it is allegedly one of the most unique urinals in Key West. It is a double urinal that accommodates two people. So I'll show Giardad a picture because it's very easy to understand once you see a picture, but I did not understand from the description. So imagine that you're looking towards the urinal. Normally there would be you know, the, like the little vestibule that you pee into Mm -hmm. instead, you're kind of looking at a flat panel. It's actually dented in, in the middle of it, like a V and then to the left and to the right are little vestibules that you can pee in. So you imagine you're facing the wall and normally you'd have like a bunch of urinals and guys would be lined up standing shoulder to shoulder if they were at a bunch of urinals. Mm-hmm. Here, imagine instead of those guys facing the wall, they each turn 45 degrees towards each other. Oh, interesting. They're That's facing terrible. each other and they're peeing into the same urinal. That's what this urinal is. So it has a space for a guy on the left and the oh, right. That's not terrible. Yeah. You face each other. You can look deeply and meaningfully into each other's eyes as you relieve yourself. There's many more horrors in men's rooms and around men's urination than than that. I have witnessed the trough at Wrigley Field. You haven't been to Oktoberfest, though. <laughs> now you got to tell. Oh, it's just more troughs. And then yeah. they're like, they have like, you know, shoulder high walls. So you're looking at, I mean, they're troughs in the middle of the room. So yeah. you're looking across at the other dudes who are looking at you while you're peeing from different sides at these troughs. And it's just a complete mess. Men should not be in charge of anything. I don't disagree. They shouldn't be in charge of anything. Uh, so, yeah, some other guy says he went into that bathroom and he's like, I really had to pee. There's another guy walking towards the bathroom who's ahead of him. And he's like, man, I hope he doesn't lock the door because I have to pee. So he follows right in behind him. To just and it says he was just worried about which side of the urinal would be his, and then poof, the man disappeared. And he was relieved that he had the whole urinal to himself. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> uh, and then there's other random shit in which, here. Which which bar is this though? This is the gross liquor store, <laughs> Mister Chibi's. Yeah. Uh, Four twenty three Caroline Street. Huh. It's rumored that this urinal, this magical urinal is the actual piece of plumbing Ernest Hemingway removed from Sloppy Joe's bar. I don't know how the hell it ended up at 423 Caroline Street. There's, when you take the tour of the Hemingway house, they say, here's 
uh, a bird fountain that he made out of a urinal that he removed from Sloppy Joe's bar because he said, I've pissed away so much money there, they owe me a <laughs> urinal. When they moved right out of um, out of the place that is now Captain Tony's. They yes, were like demolishing right. everything and he's like, I'm taking this urinal. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, apparently in this place, there's also like some woman who saw a ghost staring at her that nobody else saw. What was she doing in the men's room? No, no, she was sitting at the bar, but she was drunk. <laughs> probably a creepy dude. He's probably a no, creeper. the bartender couldn't see the dude. Yeah, She's like, why is that guy staring at us? And he's like, there's nobody over there and I'm taking your drink away. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, but you didn't seem drunk about it. <laughs> then apparently like some other people saw a ghost that they decided had a crush on the bartender. That's I'd, nice. That's the entirety of the detail on that. Uh, These are good stories. <laughs> <laughs> They're not really stories. They're not really stories. Uh, Incidents? I, You know, I can see being on a ghost tour and standing outside the bar and being like, Jackie, the bartender, said that every night after the bar closed up, an older woman would appear, but only when Dennis was working, and then she would disappear through the already locked door. Like, that's not a friggin' story, but it's entertaining on a ghost tour. It's not a story for a book or a podcast, and yet here we all are. Here we are. Talking about it. Reality is messy, Jen. Messy. <laughs> so this chapter, which is about, what is it even about? What's it called? Well, well witch. A stiff drink on Caroline Street. Oh, no, we're done with the well witch. Oh, We've, okay. We're on a different street. We've got a urinal. We've got There's like no five different ghosts. All right. And then, so after we've had all the random ghost, whatever, statements, <laughs> and says... <laughs> According to local legend, the building, one of the buildings on these streets, was an ice house. I don't think that has to be legend, man. Like, that's a thing you could look up, but whatever. There's a hollow spot. So if you walk around and you kick your foot against the floor at the back of the store, you'll find a hollow spot. And that's where they used to keep the ice, allegedly. And... I don't know what the ice house has to do with it. When the building doubled as a morgue, bodies awaiting burial were also kept in the same pit where at a different time they kept ice. Wait, not at the same... At the same time would make some sense that the bodies don't Mm -mm. decompose. So apparently it's just a cool pit. It's a hole. At some point they kept bodies. At other points they kept ice. I know. And the the way that he ties in this random factoid is that he goes... It appears at least a few of the former occupants are sticking around until last call. This is, it doesn't, I'm sorry, David Sloan. I'll buy you a drink. I, at I, the urinal place. Uh, you know, wherever you want, I'll totally take you out for a drink because uh, I feel a little bit bad that I'm dissing your book because I'm sure you're wonderful. Look, it's just all reality, man. <laughs> He's not going to make it up. Uh, yeah, all right. So there, let me give you one more story from here. There's these masks. They're called the Devil's Masks. Here's a picture of them. I'll put it up on oh, our Oh, cool. Socials. Yeah, they look African. Yeah, they do look kind of like tribally masks. So this guy buys these masks at a Salvation Army. He hangs them up in his house. He has nightmares for several weeks, including, it points out, they included even camels. The and nightmares they, included camels? Yes. <gasps> I'm out of here. He was plagued by nightmares that included attacks by snakes, spiders, grasshoppers, even camels. He was attacked by camels in his dream. Yep. That's a humorous dream. And then he went back to the Salvation Army to 
find out about the masks. And they said, interestingly, like some girl had accidentally donated them and she wanted them back. And she said she would do anything. I mean, anything to get them back, but she didn't leave any contact information. Anything but leave her phone number. The end. Yeah. Maybe she died. Were they crafted for voodoo rituals? Were they a classic case of inanimate objects taking on the personalities of the dead? We may never know, but they will always serve as another subtle warning from the spirit world. Be careful of the objects you possess, or one day they may end up possessing you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Um, Some ghostly tales. It's a cool place. There's a lot of old dead stuff. There were a lot of sure. dead people in Key West. For sure. And like, look, I mean, I'm I'm having a fun time kind of joking about the book, but like Key West Ghost Tour is super fun. Like we have done them. It's exactly this kind of thing. Like, you know, there are some stories, some of which we've done on the podcast that have a narrative arc. And then there's other just like, yeah, this guy hangs out in this place and whatever. Sometimes if you take a picture, you can see an orb. Uh, but yeah. it's still really fun. It's, it's And it is a cool place that has a vibe where you're just like oh this place has history there are got to be dead people walking around for sure yeah i mean it's interesting like the more i read because i do read a lot about um you know kind of key west history and whatever uh how often the keys especially the lower keys are referred to as like mysterious like the mysterious like heavily forested yeah. Green, emerald, whatever keys, which I like guess is sort of true. Like for me, it's it's like we you know, we live here and and I have a sort of different feeling about it. But if you come in if you came in primed for like it's really like mysterious and you know, heavy, like you go, you yeah, can't actually make your way through the mangroves and stuff. No, that's there's right. There's no roads. Before it got developed, yeah. And before there were bridges everywhere, it was like the Caribbean. These are like islands. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a it's it's a deceptively easy to drive down them now but if you had to hop a ferry every time to get on another island or go on a boat it would feel totally different too and i mean i'm running like the backwoodsiest parts of the islands now for my little run every road in the keys project and and definitely seeing some uh it's definitely overgrown and stuff yeah some mysterious parts so definitely mysterious but the people are often the most mysterious and scary part well, that's certainly true because they got signs that are like, I'll shoot you if you come any closer to my house. And <laughs> then I turn around and go someplace else. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I was going to say we don't need a dog palate cleanser, except every time I've skipped one, people are like, I only listen to your podcast for the dog palate cleanser. <laughs> so I guess I should do one. Yeah. All right. So this story is from back in February, which feels like roughly 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, or three days. Yeah. So this couple went hiking, uh, near Point Reyes, which is kind of by Palo Alto and they, uh, near Valentine's day. Did I say that? February. Like a Valentine's day hike. They disappeared. They were 77 and 72. Wow. Their cottage was near chicken ranch beach. Hey chicken. Hey big man. How'd you get that ranch chicken? (laughs) It's not really your ranch. Is it chicken? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Chicken Ranch Beach. Um, and then they disappeared. People came out to look at them for days, look for them for days and couldn't find them. Wow. Uh, 
In February, yeah. Yeah. And so on Saturday, so I think like four or five days later, they hear maybe somebody screaming. So the rescuers go to like a new place to try to find them. They can't just find them. Um, but along with the rescuers is a three-year-old golden retriever named Groot. This is right up your alley. Yep. And uh, Groot snuffled around in there and uh, and found them. And they were able to pull them out in this like overgrown drainage ditch where they apparently had fallen in. Wow. It was like chilly, right? Because like Palo Alto, I mean, like it's not whatever, New England, but in February, still chilly out there. They didn't have any jackets because they were just going out for a little hike. They got fell in this drainage ditch. And um, Groot saved them. And Groot found them, and so they were able to uh, get evacuated to a hospital. There were, like, helicopters and airplanes and boats and stuff, so they got them and took them out, and they were fine. And here's a picture of Groot. Put this on the socials also. Groot. Oh, Groot is a happy dog. Groot is so happy. Like this big golden retriever in, in the picture. They're standing up and they got like their big happy mouth. Just looking great. So good job, Groot. Yeah. Oh, eight days. They were gone for eight days. Wow. Trapped in a drainage ditch. And Groot, the rescue dog, found them. Should have used a dog earlier, man. So thanks to Claire, who tagged us in that story, and they said, OMG Groot, Jerdad's next palate cleanser. <laughs> Has your palate been cleansed, Jerdad? I feel pretty... That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm not scared of ghosts anymore. Thank you, Claire. That's a good story. So good job, Groot the rescue dog. Yes, yes. I am Groot. Okay, well, that's it for Murders in Paradise. Stay tuned. In two weeks, we will have updates on the actual murder. Yeah. Uh and who knows? Maybe there'll be throw another ghost lying in there. This Not dude. do a murder. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, as always, thank you for listening. And until next week, don't conk out. Don't conk out. Bye. Bye. Bye.